Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hello there, this is Gina Gardner and I'm your host on Passionate World Radio. I'm very pleased to be with you today. Thank you for joining us. As always, um, I am here with my good friend Rachel Davidson and we're going to be looking at the whole theme of chaos and order and how often they are seen as very much black and white, good and evil. Um, And to explore with you today uh, perhaps some counterpoints of view but also how we um, as human beings need that certainty of order as we see it but of course we've all got a very different sense of what order might look like yes I think the word chaos for a lot of people is quite frightening it 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 creates imagination of disasters and lack of control and fear and um, I I was reading a book where where the um, the author was proposing that chaos and order are two very necessary elements um, in the universe uh, at every level and certainly in an emotional sort of personal development level and he he talks about chaos being a very female energy and order being a very male energy and that's what intrigued me at first actually was because initially my reaction was isn't that a bit critical to, to women to, to mm-hmm. refer to them as chaotic <laughs> but then in fairness to the author, and actually in fairness to myself, um, when I started to think about why I was judging the word chaos, and and if you think about uh, nature, nature is by definition chaotic. It, it has systems within it that are very difficult for the human brain to um, map and order. The weather, for instance, massive, massive computing power to try to predict weather, but they're never... 100% they can't really look into the future and say what the weather's going to do because the systems the weather systems around the world are by their nature chaotic and, and yet it's not there's a, a bad thing but there's a paradox isn't there because if we're using the analogy of weather yeah whilst in any given place around the world there are things that are happening which are very difficult to predict mm. there is also an order to the fact that each of those things are connected yes and that that if you know something happens in one place then that will have an impact on things in another place so the, yes. the paradox for me is that chaos and order are actually two sides of the same thing i really believe that i really believe that from chaos comes order yes and i also believe that from order comes chaos yeah so you can see it in societies um, uh, and civilizations where there has been order and it, it works for a while and then slowly chaos starts to happen. Look and at the I Roman Emperor for, uh, uh, Empire, for exactly. example. And I think that is because of our basic human nature of that, that if everything was ordered and safe and simple 
and there was no challenge, nothing scary, um, then then we, we cannot exist within that state happily for, for too long. Yeah. It feels good initially. It's like if you win the lottery and you think, right, I'm never going to work again. I, I don't have to do anything. And then you go and spend two weeks on a beach and it's great. But then... Five you weeks start later, to feel it's boring. And, yes, and yeah. So, so I think it is within all of our, us to have chaos and order, and I think it's a constant interplay yes. going on. And in practical, simple terms, uh, chaos is about, oh God, you want me to step out of my comfort zone? That's chaos. Well, actually, I think that's true for some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think one of the things that, that's very interesting, the more I work with people, the more I recognise that one person's chaos yeah. is another person's order. Yeah. I mean, a few years ago, I worked with a local authority to look at the interface between children who were in a care, yes. foster care or in children's homes, mm -hmm. their social workers and school. Mm -hmm. And one of the problems that the uh, those people who were trying to manage those children found is that they were so used to chaos mm. being in a dysfunctional family that that was their order. Mm. And so in their need to feel safe, when they went into a, into a different situation, what they then tried to do was to create chaos yeah. because that's where they felt safe. Yeah, yeah. And I think there are many people, not necessarily those who've been in care, where they live in drama yes and if there is no drama they create it yes. because that's what's familiar yes um and i think it we what we go for is the familiar however that manifests itself yes and for each of us we'll have a different view of whether that's a, a positive or a negative yeah. um environment i'll call it yes um i'm reminded you know if, think about people and their houses mm-hmm You'll go into some houses and everything has its place and it's all neat. Yes. You'll go into other houses, such as mine, where most of my house is very neat and ordered, mm -hmm. but I've got a, what I call my dressing room. Right. <laughs> and if I haven't got time to put anything away or I don't know what to do with it, it goes in my dressing room. <laughs> so if you went into my dressing room, you would see what appears to be chaos. Yes. Other people... There appears to be chaos throughout the house. I went to see somebody quite recently. There was nowhere to sit. Right. Yeah. Because every surface, every horizontal surface was full of stuff. Wow. Now, I walked into that house and it felt chaotic. Yes. But that was that person's order. Yes, yes. Um, and so we make judgments about what is chaos and what is order. Yeah. It's going to be different for different people. I'm minded of bushfires, which on the face of it looks like utter chaos yeah. and disaster, doesn't it? But certain plants need it, don't they, but in order to grow? Yeah, depending on your perspective, if you are um, a redwood tree, for instance... Or a heather. You need it in order to... So that is your order. So so whenever, whenever chaos arrives in one's life, I suppose, I, I guess the learning from the bushfires is... Is it chaos? I mean, is it actually sort of, you know, doom and gloom and, and everything's going to end badly? Or actually, is there something that has to happen? Is there something in it that means this chaos has to happen because out of this chaos will come a new order and that order will 
somehow. I'm not sure that it's because it has to happen, Mm. but I think what what is given is the opportunity for new things to happen. Yes. And we either see the opportunity or we see the negativity. Yes. If you don't look for the opportunity, it's unlikely to come and hit you on the nose. Yes. Um, And, you know, if we put it into the professional um, situation, Mm. I find it quite interesting that that how many organisations and people within those organisations fear change. Yes. They equate change with chaos. Yes. And there are times, of course, when change is managed badly and there is chaos. Yes. But actually, out of change, um, out of that um, disorder... Yes comes new things and it's all about your beliefs about yourself and about the situation and whether you see that there is the potential for good to come out of this or not a lot of that in the professional setting is going to come whether you've got faith in the people who are leading you and even though it might feel very disrupted Mm. if you believe that the people at the top actually know what they're doing and have the organisation, but most importantly, the people within the organisation's best interest mm. um, and the customer's best interest or the client's mm. best interest, mm. then we're much better able mm. to manage what feels like chaos along the way mm. than if we do not trust that that person, A, has yeah. a vision, yeah. that we believe in that vision. Yeah. And the biggest problem, I think, in those situations is there's often such a poor communication yeah. of what they're trying to achieve, why they're trying to achieve it, how yeah. they're trying to achieve it. Yes. And the thing that we all as human beings find most difficult mm. is the not knowing. Yeah, and it's very interesting that you use that word faith in that context. Yes. Um, because I think that is a massive, a, a, a massive, massive part of becoming comfortable with having chaos in your life and having faith that an order will come uh, and that uh, that transition is necessary good you know whatever word you want to attach to it but but just having faith and confidence that um you know you're on the right path this this isn't this is intended to happen what i find quite interesting with people that i work with is how often they deal with things that it's either right or it's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing? Is yeah. this the right way to go? Yeah. And one of the discussions that I have with them is, does it have to be right or wrong? Can it just be different? Yes, yes. And I use the, the, the metaphor of going on a journey from, say, London to Edinburgh. Mm. There are any number of routes that you can go that will still get you to Edinburgh mm. that will take you know be different in terms of the vehicle that you use or the route that you use or the speed that you go at or how many times you stop. Yeah. And I think for me one of the one of the positives that comes out of perceived chaos mm-hmm. is going to be very dependent upon your belief about your capacity to manage what's going on or not so if there are things which are uncertain and for me very often we can um we could swap the word chaos Mm -hmm. for uncertainty yes um because order means that we know what's going to happen and when and that we have a level of control 
for me, once you, you recognise that actually it, control is pretty well an illusion. Yes. Um, <laughs> that we like to think that we are in control of things. Yeah. And we may manage to hold on to that illusion for a while. Yes. But actually, most of the time, um, our control is a perception. Yes. And not the true reality. No. No. And that control whether you're you know if you're a manager or a leader of a team or a company mm. that your level of control your level of um authority is absolutely dependent upon the relationship that you create with others yes if you think about political situations yeah you know you could have somebody who's in political control mm. Whilst people are following them and believing in them and yeah. doing what they want, yeah. and then you have a coup because yeah. people have stopped believing in whatever it is yeah. and take over. Yes, that's that's the reality. Is that at any given time, if you are the the manager or the leader, mm. when you can imbue the people around you that they have faith in you, mm-hmm. you can manage anything. Mm. If you lose their belief in you, Mm. then you're really on a hiding to nowhere. Mm. Mm. Now, does that mean that what you do is that you give in to people and that you don't challenge them and that you don't change things? I don't believe so. Where I think it is vitally important is that you have a clear vision, Mm. that that you are taking people in a direction and that they understand what that direction is and yeah. why it's important yeah. and their core values are aligned with that yes. yes when you have those three things in place you can implement pretty well any change yeah. and do it may not be comfortable all the time mm. but people will put up with the discomfort in the knowledge that they can trust you mm. yeah now whether that trust is well placed is a whole different conversation of course yes so you can see why if you look at world leaders through history yeah why people followed Hitler. Yeah. So I was just going to... to what was coming to mind was that mo- most people, when if you say, what, what do you prefer, chaos or order, most people will ch- choose order. Yes. But there are many, many examples in, in, in human history where order has actually been, and I will say a bad thing, and he, here are some examples. The legal system. There have been many examples of what has been legal in life. That Slavery. There you go. It was legal to keep another human being as a slave and treat them as property. It was illegal to act against slavery. It was legal to um, pack uh, pack a load of human beings who happened to have a faith, uh, the Jewish faith, into a train and take them to To the gas chambers. It was illegal to try to rescue those people. And, And so in that sense, order, because of the control that people are trying to place upon other people. And underpinning values. For me, yes. it's all about those values. Yes. So so I think it is healthy to have a scepticism in, in one's own personal life and in society for order. It serves a purpose, but only so far. Yeah. And if control becomes the main thing, then bad stuff starts to happen. And the justification of... Order. Well, you know, we have to have order, we have to have rules, we have to have restrictions, and this is how people can justify yes. terrible behaviour. Well, I've just come back from America, and there's a big for all, or there was while I was there, uh-huh. about um, the uh, 
immigrants coming through from Mexico yes. um, into America and children yes. being separated from their, from parents, their parents and put into effectively um, child prisons. Yes. Um, that shows you which side of, of the angels that I'm on, doesn't it, really? <laughs> yes. um, and it being justified because there was a problem. Yes. And people are very quick to justify their particular version of order mm. in order, you know, we're doing this for the greatest good. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right that, that it's important that we question, yeah. that we look at order not for the sake of it but actually to make sure that that order stays within what is um, appropriate um, and moral um, parameters now the challenge for everybody is that the appropriate and moral parameters are going to be different for each person of course and within each given time I think slavery is absolutely abhorrent in any form but of the time People believed that it was perfectly okay to do that yes. and demonised and subhumanised the people that they kept in slavery in order to justify what they were doing. Yes. I don't think there's any justification for that. No. But how many people in a position of power, whether you're talking about within the family, mm. within um, the workplace, within mm. society, mm. in today's world, mm. are justifying their behaviours? Well, you, you think about it in sort of relationships, don't you, in, in, um, in the control that can go on between partners. Um, and it's the anathema to, to what um, is, in my view, the, the ideal relationship. Um, if you love someone, let them go, is, is, yes. is what makes sense to me. But there are many, many instances of people um, doing the opposite of that. And their definition of love is um, to have their way, to, to be in control to to um, state what this other person will do and when and how yes and um, and that's like a little microcosm of what society ends up ends up doing um, the nanny states you know the over policing of a population yes. for for whose purpose you know for me it comes down to um, fear yes fear of difference fear that if I um, if I allow somebody else to be powerful that will diminish me. Yes. A lot of it comes around money. Yes. Um, and keeping what I ha- keeping my resources, keeping what I have, mm. and in order to do that, I'm going to protect that mm. uh, because if I don't, then somebody else will take it. Mm. And you know, you look at we're in the 21st century, and you look around the world, and the level of strife and war and um, control which has become pejorative and negative yes is as high as probably it's ever been oh yes um and we live in a world where i think the danger is that we are taught to fear others yes and it's not necessarily that parents say fear people who are not the same as you it's almost hot wired into us yes and you know, it's it's the body language, it's the, the, the language that people use when they are talking about what goes on in the news, yeah. um, what's going on in the, the microcosm of the family and, and the yeah. locality. Yeah. People take their their beliefs from yes. that point. Yes. I, I was, while I was in America, one of the things that I, I do is always talk to the taxi drivers if yeah. they're able to um, 
speak English because sadly I don't have any capacity to speak no other language. Other language. <laughs> and it was very interesting talking to different taxi drivers, some mm. of many of whom actually were immigrants into America. Mm, yeah, yeah. And if you think about America, like so, UK is no different. Mm. Um, it's been built on the uh, the endeavours of immigrants. Now, if you're a North American native Indian, mm. you've probably got a very different view about yes. immigration. Yes. And quite rightly so that, you know, yeah. that was your land and it's been taken yeah. from you. Um, but I was talking to a, a gentleman, he was from Armenia, right. and he had come in as a legal um, immigrant. Uh, yeah. immigrant. Um, and he was quite pejorative about mm. those Armenians who he believed were flooding into the country via Mexico ah. who were illegals ah. and whilst he didn't think it was a good idea for children to be separated from his parents yeah. he felt that it was important that something was done ah. and if uh, if they couldn't think of anything else well then that this was something you had to put up with yeah now compare that with a different taxi driver mm. who his view, and I believe he had come from um, Middle Europe, mm. again as a legal immigrant, was absolutely appalled mm. at the draconian way in which mm. it was being done. Mm. Again, believed that there needed to be some level of control yeah. about people coming through the borders, yeah. but felt there had to be a better way than the way which was, was being yeah. um, used at that time. Yeah. Now. Our listeners may agree with one or the other, or neither. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm not for a moment suggesting um, that that they that people aren't entitled to their opinion. Mm. But I would say to each of you listening, think about this in the context of your personal life, mm. and by personal I mean your professional and your personal life. Yes, yes. Things that you have control over. Yes. Because it's very easy to feel completely overwhelmed by the chaos which is going on mm. and feel that you have no control over that mm. Mm. and so feel diminished by that. Yes. But you do have control within your own family. You do have control within the framework of the people that you yes. work with, uh, socialise with and so on. Yes. And if you're a manager or a leader, you certainly have, I believe, a huge responsibility mm. to think about the way in which you manage change, mm. how you view chaos, mm. how you view order and control. Because can I, I would just like to congratulate you, Gina, on embracing a little element of chaos there by um, approaching this, the thorny political subject of immigration in the US with um, it, people who could actually react very badly to that chaotic question that you asked them. That, that's you embracing a bit of chaos that somebody else probably would shy away from and, and be polite and, uh, and think, oh no, I mustn't upset them. But you go ahead and say, actually, I'm interested. And in, and in, in be embracing the chaos of that, as some people might call it, I'm sure you don't think of it as chaos. But because you. Well, it's my order, isn't it? It's your <laughs> order, exactly. But by embracing it, by, by being curious, that's another element of chaos, isn't it? Curiosity invites... Um, well, order in itself of chaos. does not invite curiosity, no, does it? No, order, order says to you, don't, don't bother looking. Don't, don't look outside of this structure. This is all you need. Yes. But that's a falsity, isn't it? That, we, we feel that. That, that is... The, I, you, 
I think, and we were talking about this before the show, I think that, that uh, you brought up the fact that for order for most people it is staying within your comfort zone. Yes. It's the known, it's what it's what we do, it's what we know. Yeah. But if we st- we stayed within that, we'd all still be living in caves. I, I really think that, and, and, and I think sculptures, uh, sculptors are... are uh, and people who embrace chaos because they take a massive chunk of something and they chip away at it. That's the chaos happening. What on earth's coming out? But through it, they're building order. They're building a beautiful sculpture. Um, and and that's the balance. That we should always be aiming for order, for sense, for meaning. But in order to get there, we have to go through the chaos, the curiosity, the unknown, the uncertain. And, and embrace that. And embrace both aspects yes. of it. And have also, uh, to balance it, scepticism about both aspects of that too. Yes. And it's not chaos for chaos's sake. No. Nor is it blind order and taking on board that mm-hmm. um, because somebody says it's so, yeah. that it's right. Yeah. And again, so many of the themes that we talk about mm. come absolutely back to us having a real sense of who we are. Yes, a sense of self belief in that um, in ourselves, but at the same time being prepared to question. Mm. And for me, there's a difference between questioning ourselves mm. in a constructive way yeah. and constantly second guessing. Ah, good point. Yes. Um, so, I wonder how many of our listeners have a really clear understanding of what their core values are. Yeah. Core values are those things that you feel incredibly important. So things like love, trust, fidelity, Mm. beauty. It could be um, integrity. Mm, Truth, yeah. Um, Interestingly, the first time I did my values, um, I was on a course with Anthony Robbins. um, And uh, we were asked to look at all of those things that were very important to us. And, um, you know, just creating a list with no filters but just a list of all of those things and then ordering them and coming up with what we believe are the highest ten. Now listeners may not know but at that time I was wheelchair bound, my health had deteriorated and I I was not in a good place health wise. Hmm. Health wasn't one of my values. Right. And I found, I didn't even notice it, somebody else pointed it out to me. Yeah, yeah. And for me, work had become a, a really great way of managing pain and mm. uh, and so on, which had contributed to my health deteriorating. Mm. I was working a 15-hour day, five and a half mm. days a week. Yeah. Um, now, had health been one of my values, mm. I suspect that I would have managed things somewhat differently. Yes. But because it was not clearly one of my values... Yes. Um, it was given no no airtime. It was not given any yeah. consideration. Yeah, and and I can really see how in your workaholism, you were striving for order. In, Absolutely, in what was very a, chaotic. A, a chaotic life. You know, your health deteriorating, the pain that was associated with it. Um, that, that you very humanly chose to concentrate on something that you could have control over. Absolutely, and that I be- believed was important without recognising that you need balance Mm. and life had become pretty unbalanced. Mm. Great pain control and, uh, you know, I still use work in Mm. that way, but in a much more ordered way, at least most of the time. So, you know, understanding what are our values, what are the things that, you know, 
we would not move past. There was a very interesting programme on a few years ago with, uh, with Darren Brown, who's a well-known... Yes. Um, he uses NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And he, um, he had a group of people and he asked them to do things. He was yeah. using hypnosis as well. Um, to see how far would people go before saying, I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah. And the ultimate task was to rob a bank. Now, they weren't robbing a real bank, but the people involved did not know that. Yeah. It was set up to be as realistic as it yeah. as real. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, the viewers thought it was real. It wasn't until afterwards <laughs> right. that it was revealed right. that it wasn't. And of, I can't remember how many people started off. I think it was perhaps about 25. Yeah. He ended up with two or three people who were prepared to do that. Wow. <laughs> um, and that was because that the rationale for robbing the bank was yeah. put in such a way that it did not, um, their their core values did not kick in and yes. say, no, I'm not going to do that. Yes. But some people had very quickly said, that's not for me. Yeah. Now, there were different tasks and each task became deeper and, and more challenging. Yeah. But some people bowed out at the first task, which I can't even remember what it was, but it was something fairly mild. Yes. Um, and so we will behave in line with our own values yes. generally. Yes. But often there will be people who will, who will behave in a way that is not in line with their values if their life, they feel their life yeah. is in danger or yeah. their life their loved ones yeah. hence many people being involved in atrocities within wars yes. in order to save themselves or others and that's quite a difficult learning point for a person to, to to be faced with the fact that actually they are capable of doing bad things because they haven't got a strength and belief and an awareness of what is their right but I actually I think it's even even more um, challenging than that mm. Let's say that somebody said, I'm going to kill your children mm. unless you do this. And you truly believed yes. that they were going to kill your children yes. unless you did whatever it was. Yes. The choice becomes very different. Very different, yes. And yeah. so I think for me, that taking it back to the theme of chaos and order, mm. we have a real sense of what order looks like. Yeah. And then external situations occur mm. which will challenge that yes and some of those are um you know are going to be um comfortable challenges and some of them are going to be very uncomfortable mm. Mm. and we have to make that choice in the moment mm. but i think the more aware we are that you know chaos in itself is not bad and we've used a very extreme example mm. but think of it in in the context of work you know that if you are uh, for example, an organisation that's short of money is going to have to make difficult decisions yeah. in order to protect the services that they offer. Yeah. The NHS is a perfect example of yes, that. Yes. And sometimes people will make choices that we believe are right, yeah. and sometimes people will make choices that we believe are wrong. Yeah. But ultimately, the people who are going to make those decisions, it would be good to have faith that they're making the, those decisions for the right reasons. Yes, yeah. 
So we've come to the end of our show. It goes very quickly. We talked a lot on that. Um, didn't we? <laughs> this, I think, is quite a contentious issue. Yeah. Love to know what you think, and if you've got examples where you've had to deal with chaos mm. and how you've dealt with it, we'd love to know. Mm. You can let us know either through the radio show or through the website genuinely hyphen you. Thank you for being with Rachel and I. It's Gina Gardner here. I'm uh, the host of On Passionate World Radio for this show. Um, if you'd like a, a digital download of my book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment, absolutely free, you can get that from the website. Both our books um, are available on Amazon in a variety of forms. Um, we look forward to seeing you uh, or, or being with you in the next show. Thanks very much. Gina Gardner, Passionate World Radio. Bye now. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-you.com today to find out more.